Hey, welcome back. This is Dear Baseball Gods. This is episode 51. So in this episode, we're going to talk about, I'm going to kind of title this one all about the changeup. So obviously I have an online course called How to Throw a Filthy Changeup. Used to be a free course. Now it's no longer a free course, but it's still an outstanding course in my humble opinion. It's my method, step-by-step of how to throw the changeup that I teach. So it shows you the grip, the drills, the drill progression, all that stuff. So with all that, I've done a lot of videos on the changeup. I've done a bunch of different articles about the changeup, but I wanted to kind of just talk at length about the changeup and its purpose. And I don't really understand why youth slash amateur pitchers don't use it as much as they should. But I think in general, it's because the way that it's taught or the way that kids tend to learn it, it's just not a super effective pitch to them. And when you throw something that's not all that effective, they're going to put it on the back burner. They're going to shelf it. They're going to say that it doesn't work. And then they're just going to go to the more prevalent off-speed pitch, which is the breaking ball, which again, for youth and amateur pitchers, it's the curveball. So the chain of is fundamentally different, especially if considering 80% of pitchers are right-handed, right? In the big leagues, 80% of pitchers are right-handed. Left-handed pitchers are very sought after, but they're just obviously more infrequent. So the key with being a pitcher long-term, if you're not a absolute dominant stuff guy, meaning an upper 90s, you know, in the big league level, it's now like mid to upper 90s guy where you can exist with just a fastball and a slider or you're a special, you know, lefty one-out guy. You, uh, you, you have to exist with three pitches pretty much. Now, again, those back-end relievers who have really a really great breaking ball, throw really hard, they can get by with two pitches and that's fine. But the vast majority of us, you know, if you're an accomplished pitcher, you're going to get the most innings. Even now, they know, uh, you know, with all the sabermetrics and advanced statistics at the higher levels of baseball, they know that the best pitchers, you want them to pitch the most amount of innings. Doesn't matter how valuable a reliever is, he pales in comparison to his starter as far as value to teams, you know, their wins and all that stuff. So the best pitchers are going to continue to get the ball the most amount of the time. So even at my team, you know, I was, I, when we started our season this year, I coached 14U, I thought, all right, I, I'm going to keep one or two guys who play the field a lot, like my shortstop third baseman, something like that. I'm going to keep them as a reliever to kind of get us through some of these tough situations where I have a good, trustworthy, strong arm to clean up a mess or to close out a game. But that quickly devolved into I need that guy to start because I need five quality innings from him. That's going to have more of an impact on our single game and on the complexion of a weekend tournament in general than having him throw for one inning or two innings. It just You can't get the value out of a pitcher with just one or two innings here and there. You know, Again, the best pitchers who are suited for starting are going to end up being starters. And suited for starting really just means their mentality, you know, their demeanor, their arsenal, which means they can throw more than two pitches for strikes. They can get both lefties and righties out. Some guys can't get one side hitters out that well, where they get one out significantly better than the other. If you want to be a closer in the major leagues, you have to be able to get lefties and righties out. So that's one thing that precludes a lot of relievers from being closers, that they can't get, say, you're a righty and you dominate right-handed hitters, but you can't get lefties out consistently. You have to be able to get out both to be a closer in the big league level. So there's a lot of factors that I'm coming back. My point here is that nearly every pitcher needs a quality pitch to get opposite-sided hitters out. So if you're a lefty, you'll throw your curveball, your slider, and get lefties out very reliably with that pitch because it breaks away from them. If you're a righty, same thing's true with you. Curveball, slider, they break away from a righty. It's a reliable out pitch for them. 
Now, if your breaking ball is exceptionally good, you can get both side hitters out with it, but it's still tougher to throw that, especially as a righty to a lefty, because it's going to break down into that down and in zone for a lefty where they like to scoop it and drive it. They can just sort of drop their hands that pitch easier than righties seem to be able to. So with all of these different sided hitters and different and pitchers of different calibers and pitchers with different strengths and weaknesses, you need to have some pitch that can reliably get a righty out, some pitch that can reliably get a lefty out. Whether it's an out pitch, meaning I can get a swing and miss and get a strikeout, isn't as important as is I can get this off their barrel consistently, change their timing and get them to swing at it and get the result that I want. So you know, I was a fastball curveball guy. That was what got me into college. Didn't have a changeup when I got to college, but I had a very dominant, nasty curveball. And I taught myself my changeup. The changeup that I currently teach to everybody that has had some of our kids rate as like the number one changeup at some very high-level showcases that some kids pitch very dominantly within college. I watched one of our former um, our Warbird Academy alumni pitch uh, for Heartland Community College, and this kid we used to be a catcher. And he just threw pretty hard. So I'm like, one, one winter, or when he was a sophomore, I think, I'm like, look, we got to teach you to pitch. You just throw too hard. They're going to pitch you a lot in high school. So we did. I taught him a changeup. And I watched him get like 25 swings and misses at the, a very high level of junior college baseball with that changeup. They just absolutely could not touch it. He had amazing arm speed. He got over the pitch extremely well. You know, if I teach that pitch to 100 kids, you know, some of them, they just get it and they just like get it. And he has one of the best ones still to this day that has ever come through our academy. And uh, just the sink, the run, the deception, like he just has an incredible changeup. And it's a game changer for him. That's the pitch that he relies on more than anything else. And uh, it can be a legitimate weapon in that case, or it can be an okay pitch where I'm not going to get as many swings and misses as that guy would, but I can reliably throw this, me as a righty to a lefty, and get a ground ball, double play, get a guy to roll over when I need to. I can throw it 2-1. I can throw it behind the count. And uh, in a recent conversation with one of our current pitchers, who will also be a Division One pitcher, he uh, he's like, you know, I've been striking guys out with my curveball, but I throw my changeup a lot when I'm behind the count. I throw it 2-1. I throw it 1-1. I'll throw it 2-0 sometimes. And they'll swing at it because they think it's a fastball. And then it's not. And that seems extremely obvious. But having a pitch that they want to bite at that they want to swing at that you can throw for a strike relatively reliably is really important so he's using that pitch in a completely different way than this other pitcher would in college where he'd use to punch guys out with he's using it just to get weak contact when he's behind the count so he's really bailing himself out of situations you know where all right if i throw a curveball he's probably going to take it you know even if i throw for a strike if i throw it down he's probably not going to bite on it as soon as he sees the spin so the chainup can have its own unique role and niche and it doesn't have to be swing and miss. But at younger levels of baseball, everyone's thinking about, can I get swings and misses? So I throw my fastball, I throw my curveball, they swing and miss at it. When you throw your change up, you're not going to get as many swings and misses, especially youth baseball, because the gap isn't as big. So learning that contact is good, contact is okay, I'm going to throw my change up, and it's going to sink and run a little bit. And then the harder I throw and the more I develop it, the more it's going to sink and run, the more it's going to evolve into a, a strikeout pitch the better, but for now, I'm gonna throw this a lot and I'm gonna get kids to put the ball and play with it and get weak contact and pitch more innings for my team and get ground balls and get double plays and all that stuff. So the changeup has a very unique role compared to other pitches in that it can entice a hitter to swing in a hitter's count and roll and just ground out right there and end the at bat like that. And again, it can get hitters out 
that are opposite sided from you as a pitcher. Because again, for me as a righty, th striking out lefties with my curveball, I could do it. Most, you know, a lot of guys couldn't, but I could. But even then, I had less margin for error because if I don't bounce it and I leave a little air underneath it, a lefty could just scoop that into the gap really, really easy. You know, like some of those amazing left-handed swings like, you know, Bryce Harper, um, Adrian Gonzalez, uh, you know, name a lefty. You throw it down and into them, it's not a good place to be. It's not a good place to be. But I can reliably throw my change up knowing that it's going to move away to them. And as they're on their front foot, that ball's going away from their barrel even further, going away from their hips that are flying open. And now they beat that into the ground, grounded old play, and I got what I wanted. So the changeup has a mentally different role than all other pitches in that it should and is often best used as a contact pitch. And the other thing about it is even when you have a really filthy curveball slide or whatever, that hitters have a tough time picking up, the changeup is often more difficult to recognize as a hitter and do something about. When you see a guy who has a good changeup with really good arm speed, with really good deception, and hitters are struggling to pick it up, they don't well adjust to it in the game. They don't well adjust to it at all because they see the straightness. It's going to follow the same fastball tunnel longer than a breaking ball. Uh, because the speed chain is going to be a little bit closer. It's going to be close to like a, you know, like a slider, which I'll go over into that in a bit. But it's also just going to track like a fastball because it's straighter than a curveball. It's straighter than a changeup. So they're going to see fastball a lot more often, and their brain is going to trick them. They're going to want to pull the trigger, and then, crap, that was a changeup again. They're going to want to pull the trigger in 2-0 counts, and they're going to ground out. They're not going to have as much... It doesn't seem like as much uh, opportunity to spot the spin difference in a curveball and the other th or, or slider. And the other thing about it is when you see fewer changeups, because in youth baseball, again, you don't see that many good changeups. You don't see many changeups in general, but you certainly don't see many good changeups. So hitters aren't getting repetition seeing the pitch. They don't see changeups on a daily basis until they're much older. So when you do have a good changeup, how do they how do they handle that? They don't handle it well at all because their brain doesn't have a book. They haven't seen that before. They don't know what to do to figure it out. You know, when you start to see curveballs regularly, you start to recognize the spin, even the good ones, you recognize it. And then you say, okay, oh, swing or don't swing. Swing or don't swing. Oh, curveball, swing or don't swing. With changeup, they'll just swing and be like, wait, what was that? And then they'll swing again. Wait, what was that? And then they don't have a good idea of how to combat that pitch and what to do with it. So it's, it's a good time to throw to youth baseball because – other kids aren't throwing it. And so that pitch there is going to get confusion from these hitters. Now, let's back up a little bit, and then we'll come back to that sort of discussion. So with a changeup, everyone teaches it differently, but I've tried to standardize as much as I can. I basically call this the modern changeup, but if you're watching this on video, you can see my grip. And if you're not watching it on video, I have a ton of articles and, and videos on my website, on my YouTube channel, and obviously my changeup course as well. But I use a hook'em horns grip, so the two middle fingers, the index, uh, I'm sorry, the, the ring and the index, sorry again, the index, I'm an idiot, middle finger in, and ring finger, middle finger and ring finger are in a two-seam orientation on the ball, thumb is on the bottom of the ball. And that's a crucial thing because for me, I want pressure on the ball from my thumb to the bottom of my fingertips, or not the bottom of my fingertips, the bottom of my fingers where they meet my palm. And so that's where the ball is held securely in place. And then the rest of my hand just folds down the ball and it's relaxed. So now I can throw it hard while the ball is still secure, but my fingertips are relaxed and the ball will roll off my hand much like a large paintbrush. 
So when the ball is held securely by my thumb, having my thumb on underneath the ball, directly underneath my two fingers, I think that's key. With circle change grip, the thumb is on the side, and now I have to have more tension on my fingertips to keep the ball from just falling out and just plopping out of my hand. So I think the most critical component of the grip that I teach, that I threw in my, in, in, in my career, that guys would congratulate me on a really nice curveball striking guy out, and I'd say, no, that was a changeup. My, my, my changeup had a crazy amount of sink and a lot of arm side run. So again, so much so the guys from the dugout would think it was a slider or a curveball. So even though I knew it, they knew I didn't throw a slider, but thumb on the bottom, middle two fingers on the top, and then the index finger and the pinky just fold gently on the side, just nice and relaxed. So again, all the pressure is at the bottom where my palm meets my fingers and the thumb is putting the pressure down there. So then I'm painting spin on and I'm pouring the pitch out like a can of Coke on the inside of the ball. I'm pronating slightly inside of it as I release it. And that's pretty much all there is to it. And then if I get it right, I'll have diagonally angled spin. And you'll see this thick red seam when you catch it right because these seams mix. And the faster they fly, the more they make a nice thick red seam. So that's in a nutshell how I teach my changeup. It's how I threw my changeup. And I just taught myself that. I never, no one really taught me a changeup in college. Uh, to that point, when I taught myself my changeup, I didn't have a pitching coach. We had a, our assistant was a former catcher. Our head coach was a former position player. I just taught myself it. I asked a bunch of guys how they threw their change-ups. I just tinkered with it, found the grip that worked for me. And then I found that it actually was easy to reproduce with a lot of younger kids when I started doing lessons after college. So it's, it's past the, the, the test of time. So we're looking for 10%. We're not looking for 10 miles per hour. We're not looking for 12 miles per hour. We're looking for 10% speed reduction, which the grip that I teach will give you about 5% of that. And then the hand action, the turning on the inside of the ball, the pouring out of the can of Dr. Pepper, that's where the other 5% comes in. So we're getting a reliable 10% speed reduction when we throw this pitch. And then, so if you throw 60, it's going to be 54. If you throw 50, it's going to be 45, 46 sometimes. When you throw 90, it's going to be 81. So the harder you throw, the larger that 10% is, and the bigger the pitch is spread apart. So when you're younger, you won't get as many swings and misses because the pitch is only going to be five or six miles per hour different than your fastball. And when you throw really hard, 80, 90, you know, 95, then you're going to have that seven, eight, nine, 10 mile per hour gap. And you're going to be able to get more swings and misses because of the speed change. But the, the, the difference is this pitch sinks and it runs so much that that's two more variables for the hitter to think about when he's trying to make solid contact. So you shouldn't think of it just as a speed change pitch because it's much more than that it's not just speed change it's speed change and heavy sink and in talks to different people some people say that my change up isn't as much a change up it's a little farther on the screwball side of the change up screwball sinker continuum because i guess maybe if you think about the archetype of a change up which to me has both sink and run but you know traditionally it's probably just a pitch that's just like a fastball but slower and a screwball has tons of arm side, equal parts, basically an opposite curveball, right? So mine's somewhere in between there. It has a significant speed change difference. It also has a significant amount of arm side run and sink. So again, what is a curveball? What is a changeup? What is a slider? It's hard to say exactly what one is, but um, we're going to call mine somewhere between a changeup and a screwball. So with all that, you have to understand a couple of things. 
you do want as much movement as possible. You want arm side run and, and sink because again, they're extra variables and they're fail safes when you don't throw your chain up as well as you could. So when you don't spin your curveball that well, it does what? It hangs up in the middle of the plate. When you don't throw your slider that well, it hangs up. It cement mixes in the middle of the plate. It doesn't break very well, and guys destroy it. With the chain-up that I teach, if you lag behind it and your arm kind of drags, it comes out of your hand like this. So if you're watching on video, it comes behind your body a little bit. And what it does is it still imparts a lot of spin. It imparts more side spin than it otherwise would. And that pitch will actually like hunt in on a right-handed hitter. So the amount of times that I got hurt throwing a changeup were very, very slim because the common errors that a pitcher makes throwing an off-speed pitch, which usually your arm kind of drags or you fly open a little bit, and so the arm, your hand slides on the side of the ball. Those are what make curveballs and sliders crappy and cement mixery. With a changeup, they actually cause more pronation earlier, which turns it into side spin, which still makes that ball run, and it basically just runs out of the zone towards a righty. So righty's seeing this pitch come in and just keeps bearing in on him. And I've had a lot of guys swing at balls that are not even close. It started like the, almost like the letters that just keep, boom, like Greg Maddox movement towards their chest, and they like fight it off, and they can't do much with it. But when you throw it this way, it's really hard, actually, to hang it over the middle of the plate and up unless you just really kind of hook it and you get on the wrong side of the ball and it kind of cuts back over the plate, if you get on the inside of it and throw it well, it's either going to sink, it's going to run down and in, or it's going to just run a ton in towards the hitter where you can't really get his barrel to it. So there's a lot of fail-safes built in with the changeup that I found over time where I felt pretty confident throwing it, even though I couldn't throw a first strike as much as I wanted to. So I'll admit, my first guy to admit that I was not a perfect pitcher. I was a good pitcher. Um... But I was never perfect, and I my big crux was I couldn't throw my curveball or my changeup as much for strikes as I wanted to, as I needed to, to probably pitch at the big league level. So, again, that's just me. So, with the changeup, you have to understand that at youth baseball, because the 10% gap, the 10% difference from fastball to changeup isn't huge, you're not going to get as many swings and misses. And when kids throw, they ease off their fastball a little bit, then they throw a really great changeup, the gap can be even closer. So say you throw 60 as a pitcher, but you know with every pitcher there's a, a one to three mile per hour gap or uh, spread. So if, you know me, I was mostly a 91 to 94 pitcher. Uh, you can't really control trying to throw every pitch exactly 92 or 93 or, or 94 if that's your max. So for younger pitchers, their gap, their uh, their variance is larger. They might throw 58 to 64, something like that. So now. The low-end fastballs where you throw a fat, you kind of ease off a fastball, your mechanics are a little bit off, and you throw on 50-58, and then you throw a changeup with like 60 more, 64 mile power arm speed, but it's a changeup, that one might also be 58. So you have a really crappy slow fastball and a really great arm speed changeup that are almost the same speed sometimes. So that's where you can sometimes get into trouble because there's just a larger gap in variance between your fastball and your changeup. The goal, obviously, is to throw all of them at 99% of your velocity. So your fastball, you throw 99%. You throw your changeup 99%. You know, if you call 100% overthrowing, that's kind of just what I'm doing. But you throw them both 99%. But if you throw your fastball 96% and your changeup 99%, they're going to be close. So that's one of the problems with changeups as well when you're young. But that's not a reason to not throw it because you don't want to base your development as a pitcher on getting everybody out and punching out 12 batters when you're 13, 14, 15 years old. You want to work those pitches in and throw your changeup, even if it's maybe not quite as effective as it could be because you're still young and inconsistent. 
but you want to make that pitch fantastic by the time you're 17. It'll take two or three or four years to really get good at it for throwing it for a strike, throwing it then to different locations in the strike zone and bouncing it when you need to. That's going to take a lot of repetition. And you don't get that many innings when you're a youth pitcher either. My best pitchers this year have gotten like 30 innings on the season. You know, that's seven or eight tournaments, four to five innings each game, you know, with a, a modest pitch count of 70 starting out in the season, building up to 90, 95. So, you know, you're not going to get that many innings. So if you throw 90 pitches each time and you throw 15, 20% change-ups, that's still only 18 change-ups a game. That's still only a couple hundred a season. So you need a lot of repetition to get that pitch good. So you have to be just generous knowing that, okay, it might not sometimes have the biggest speed differential because I'm 12, because I'm 13, but I'm going to throw it anyway because I believe in it and I believe that I want to have a great changeup by the time I'm 16, 17 because that's going to help get me into college baseball. That's the long-term plan that we're looking for. The other thing to note is when pitchers throw changeups in practice and bullpens, they tend to throw their changeup harder than their fastball and they tend to even out in speed a lot. And when you get into game speed again, that spread comes back. So if you have a kid that throws 70 miles per hour and in, in games, he might throw his bullpen at 65 miles per hour or 63 miles per hour, and his changeup might be like 61 to 63. And you're like, man, your changeup is like, it's not really even a changeup, it's the same speed as your fastball. But when they really put their foot on the gas in a game, the fastball really takes off again, the changeup slows down by comparison. So that's something I've, no, I've noticed over and over and over. The younger the pitcher is, the more they even out in practice, and they spread back out normally in games. As you get older as a pitcher, the more the spread stays both in practice and in games. So my 17U pitchers, their chainups have a very good spread in practice, very good spread uh, in, in games. The younger the pitcher is, the more the pitches tend to even out in practice, and then they spread apart more only in games. So something just to be aware of as a parent, if you do throw to a radar gun, you know, a reasonable amount of time or use pocket radar or something, don't panic. Because for me as an instructor, I'm looking for spin. If I see them spin the change up properly, then I know the speed change will be there. When their intensity is equal from fastball to change up, if the speed is right, then that guarantees to me that they're throwing with the grip, which gives a fat, the 5% of the difference, and they're spinning it correctly, which that's where you lose your speed. So the reason off-speed pitches are slower, a curveball and a slider and a cutter and a change up and a splitter, they're all throw with, thrown with the same arm speed as a fastball, assuming that you're good. So major leaguers, they throw all those pitches the same 90 mile per hour arm speed that they throw their 90 mile per hour fastball. Curveball comes out 75, slider comes out 79, changeup comes out 81, only because of the spin that they impart. So if, you, if I were to punch you in the chest, you'd stagger backwards. All my force go into your chest, that's like a fastball. You take your 90 mile per hour arm, arm speed, you put all 90 miles per hour into the ball. If I punch you in the shoulder, you go back a little bit, but you twist because some of the force is going into rotating you. It's going into, it's being dissipated as you rotate. So that's the analogy to an off-speed pitch. Guys don't throw a slider any slower. They throw it still the same 90 miles per hour, but it comes out 81 because they lose some of this, the velocity into spinning the baseball. That's how we know your chainup is going to be reliably the same speed when we have the same set spin parameters as we do for a curveball or slider. We know a curveball is supposed to have forward, clean, one-axis spin, either a 12-6 or a 1-7. We know that a slider is a mixture of getting to the front of the ball and getting to the side of it, so it has a sort of a mixture of bullet spin and forward spin. 
when you throw them all the same way, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a similar output every single time with similar break and similar speed change. But the chain-up has never been that way. The chain-up has always been different where, oh, throw it like this or throw it like this or throw it like this or throw it like this. Everyone had a different change-up grip because everyone's just trying to make it go slower. And however they accomplished that was okay with them. But I don't like that because I can't teach that to, to different kids. And I can't systemize that. I can't teach an instructor to teach that. So... I, I found my grip works. I found my hand action being consistent works. And all of the kids that I teach this to get consistent amounts of, and it's different from one to the next. One guy have, might have more sync and less run. Might, one guy might have more run and less sync. But most kids have a somewhat equal amount of arm side run and sync. They have a diagonal action of a couple inches. And they have a consistent speed. Some guys throw theirs a little harder. Some guys throw theirs a little slower. My, my hardest change-ups were my third year in pro ball i was 92 94 in spring training and my change up my hardest change up was 86. so it was like sometimes six to eight miles per hour slower than my fastball but it still got a lot of swings and misses because it had so much pouring movement to it it was just pouring into the ground and uh, there was just enough to get them on their front foot and then the movement was what got their barrel completely off the ball and they'd swing and miss or beat into the ground or whatever so it doesn't have to be all about speed change it can be about equal parts because again, if my barrel's coming through the zone, say my arm's my barrel, and the pitch is only slower, my barrel's gotta be way out in front to miss it. But if this pitch is both moving and my barrel is coming through, now they've gotta get their barrel on time in time dimensions, but also on time in space. They've gotta get the barrel to where the ball is going to meet it. So again, just two more variables than just speed change. So again, when we consistently spin the change up the same way, and again, this is how I hold it, when we consistently spin it the same way, release it the same way, we know we're gonna get a consistent speed change. We know we're gonna get a consistent action. And to then throw it for a strike as much as we want to consistently, we need to know how it's gonna behave each time. If you have a pitch, say you threw a pitch, just like a musket, you threw a pitch and it might break left, it might go up, it might go down, it might go right, it might go 18 inches, it might go four inches. You would have absolutely no way of judging where the ball is gonna go. Just like a knuckleball pitcher. You know, they don't know where it's gonna end up. They just, I guess, probably try to aim it down the middle so then it knuckles, they have the most margin for error. But that's not how you wanna live as a pitcher. You have to know, I want this pitch to end up here because of this reason. So therefore, I'm going to start it here, knowing that it breaks this much, so they're the, then they catch it here. I start it here, it breaks to here. I start it here, it breaks to here. It's reliable. You don't want to have, I start it here, now it breaks to there. I start it here, now it breaks to there. Then I break it to there. We don't know what we're doing, if that's the case. So again, I've tried to systemize the change up, just in my own teachings, to be a good instructor. Because if you're teaching something different, or you don't have a, a system for what you're doing, then it's just hard to reproduce a good product. And if you want to give a, a a pitcher a good experience you want to teach them well you want to have a set reason and a progression for everything that you're doing so going back to the change up let's talk about how you use it i use it in a couple different ways number one uh first strikeout because mine had a lot of movement i could do that if i wanted to i threw it more to lefties than to righties but i would also throw it to righties because it would have so much back foot movement that righties would get out on their front foot and then have to pull their hands in to try to make contact so it can be used to either side. What I didn't ever want to do was throw it to my glove side of the plate. So when you are throwing your change up, when you're throwing it to your arm side, it's easy to roll over it here when it's arm side. So arm side, glove side. 
When you're throwing it to your arm side, it's easy to roll over it. You'll get the most movement. When you're throwing it down the middle of a plate, you're going to have to hold onto the ball a little longer, but you can still get over it pretty well. It'll still have a good amount of movement. It'll still be a very high-quality pitch. When you throw it to your glove side, you have to hold on to it longer, 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 longer. Now you're almost letting it go, and then you just try to get on top of it, on the inside of it, and get that spin that you want. It's just tougher to accomplish that. So they end up flattening out a lot more when you throw them to the glove side of the plate. This would be glove side of the plate for me. Um, well, I'm going to confuse myself with this camera. But when I throw it down away to a righty, which is my glove side, or a lefty throws it down away to a lefty, which is a lefty's glove side, you have to hold onto the ball longer and then it makes it tougher to pronate on the inside of it quite as well. So for me, there was my changeup, but then there was also best version, good version, still good version, not that good, not good at all. So it wasn't just, I would never thought of it just as one changeup. I thought of it as the change of quality varied by location. Just like as a hitter, you have the strike zone and you have that heat map, right? So hitter who loves the ball, middle and middle in, it's like, red you know like 400 if you throw it here every time 380 if you throw it here every time 330 three, you know 350 then away where you don't like it, it's like two, 220 240 you know up you don't hit up very well it's like you know 180 so there's hot and cold zones same thing with your changeup it's just not one it's not one pitch it's a pitch plus a location so for me this was like strike everyone out strike a lot of guys out get some good ground balls strike some guys out guys kind of barrel this up the opposite way not going to even bother because it's just not a very good pitch. So for me, I only threw it down the middle. I threw it to the arm side half, the arm side third, and, and then I'd let those two come off the plate a little bit because of my hand so much movement. So if I threw it to the arm side half, it would end up maybe a baseball off the plate sometimes. If I threw it to the arm side third, it would either sink out of the zone or it would be like two or three balls off the plate by the time it finished its movement. So when I'm ahead of a guy, I could reliably throw it on the outside half or third of the plate, knowing that it would never end up in that same location. And if they swung at it, they're either going to miss it or hit it off the end of the bat, and I'm going to get the result that I want. So I never bothered with throwing it to the glove side of the plate, and that was perfectly okay because I'd rather take my chances with really, really good sink and run down the middle rather than a flat version that was too hard without much movement on the glove side of the plate. So don't think of a changeup or any pitch in general as – immutable and the same no matter where you throw it because a curveball or slider thrown to your arm side you know a backdoor curveball so to speak or, so to speak or a backdoor slider they don't bite as hard as a as a front door getting across it and catching it across the zone so that's why you see andrew miller lefty can strike out so many right-handers because that's the sharpest version of his curveball because he gets it all the way out in front where he spins it really really well and it's going to bite so hard into righties that they're still not going to be doing anything with it even though it's coming towards their bat all right, so obviously curveballs are kind of the opposite. With change-ups and sinkers, arm side versions, they move more. With breaking balls, glove side versions have sharper, better movement. So it's kind of opposite, but you should also know how to use the pitch. So for me, I threw it in three locations. I threw it down the middle, and I'd started a little bit to the glove side, knowing that it would come back and it'd end up in the middle or arm side half. I'd throw it to the arm side half or third, knowing that it would bite off the plate. I'd get a ground ball with that one or a swing and miss. And then if I want to strike a guy out, I threw right for the bottom board of the strike zone and it would sink a little bit off the plate and it would sink onto the plate. It would just bounce out, bounce on the ground as well. So three locations for me, called strike, contact, weak contact, and then strike out. So that's how you want to think of it as well. Again, it's never just one pitch. It's multiple pitches. And the other thing, again, you want to think – 
especially when you're in a tight situation, what can I throw that will get me contact? You don't want to think about what's going to get you swings and misses because swings and misses are problematic at times. So if it's 2-0, and oh, if you had choice A, throw a filthy slide and he swings and misses, or choice B, throw a decent changeup that he hits onto the ground, which would you choose? Sure, some percentage of those ground balls will become hits, but a vast majority of those ground balls will become outs, depending on how hard he hits them, right? So, but zero of those 2-0 sliders will become outs because they'll swing and miss at it. So now you still have two more pitches to get the bat over, whereas if you throw a decent changeup down the middle, 2-0, they're looking dead red, they're gonna be on their front foot, then they don't hit it that hard if they swing, it's a really great outcome when you're behind the count. So you should take some pitch with you to the mound each game, knowing that I can throw this behind the count, or I can throw this in even counts, and I want contact with it because if they swing at it in a fastball count, which is what even and you know, being behind the count is, behind from a pitcher's standpoint, you want pitch, you want hitters to swing at those pitches in those counts. Three one, you throw a chain right down the middle. You don't want him to whiff at it. You want him to hit it because he's an idiot if he's waiting on a changeup, um, or he's like some sort of wizard. But you throw a hundred changeups down the middle, two zero to a hitter, they're gonna ground out on like 90 of them because they're looking for a fastball and then they see this straight pitch come out of your hand and they see fastball and their brain sees fastball so then they get ready to hit fastball and then they're on their front foot and when they're on their front foot they cannot drive the ball so that's the big role that the changeup has in addition to going away from a guy's barrel to the opposite side hitter so again i use my changeup to lefties much more than righties but i still use it to righties because it had a lot of movement I didn't throw that many curveballs to lefties. I threw a lot of changeups to lefties. So, you know, you want to have both pitches where your spread goes both ways and you can get each type of hitter out. And the biggest way to do this is to start throwing it when you're young. Because if you wait till you're 15, 16, 17, it's tougher to learn and have it to be an exceptional pitch by the time a college scout comes to watch you. You want to make sure you're learning this pitch that you're going to need the rest of your life when you're a kid. And you know, the research on chain-ups is, is fuzzy, and it's even fuzzy on curveballs, where we know curveballs have less stress than a fastball, but kids who throw more curveballs report more arm pain than kids that throw fewer curveballs or, or don't throw curveballs at, at youth baseball. So we know everyone wants to throw a curveball when they're young because they want to uh, strike out more hitters. Like, our hitters strike out on curveballs because they haven't seen that many of them, but it doesn't teach you how to pitch. It doesn't give you a pitch that's going to be something you're that's with you the rest of your life most of these little league curveballs they work because they have some amount of spin gravity you know they don't have the backspin that a fastball with a fastball the backspin makes it ride up into the zone it resists uh dropping with gravity faster it doesn't actually rise but it resists gravity so when you get side spin on the ball you throw this crappy little league curveball and you get side spin it's no longer resisting gravity so it'll drop faster than a fastball would so you see this big loopy piece of garbage and then kids throw it and they get strikeouts with it. And then say they throw it a little bit better, they learn a little bit, they have some instruction and their curveball is not great. It's still like a mixture of side spin and forward spin, but it gets a little bit better. And now they're throwing this curveball out, they're getting a lot of strikeouts, they feel successful, but that curveball is garbage. And it will not be the curveball that they can get hitters out with high, in varsity level and it will not be the curveball that will get hitters out in the collegiate level. So what happens is they, they learn and they put all these repetitions into the curveball that will not be their long-term curveball. It's kind of like dating, dating a boy or a girl uh, all the way up into high school and then breaking up. It's like you invested a lot of the time in that person, which I understand that 
I'm not using this analogy that deep because obviously every relationship shapes you as a person. So let's not go there, but you're putting all this time and effort in this person and then they're gone, right? You're like, well, why did I do that? So you're shaping your, all your pitching ability around this junk curveball that won't be with you for the rest of your career when you could be giving those repetitions and that learning to a changeup that will absolutely be with you for the rest of your life. The changeup, if you learn at 12 years old, which I think is the right time to learn it, because at 10, 11, you're still trying to throw strikes, you throw so slow that you won't get any speed change. I think 12 or 13 is the right time to really focus on a changeup. No one will ever say, we need to nix your changeup. They will try to improve your changeup. They will do everything in their power, your pitching coaches, to make your changeup better, but they will never scrap it. They will never do that. I guess I shouldn't say never, because there are some very baffling pitching coaches. However, they will never, they, they really won't. They will never scrap it. They'll just work on your breaking ball. They'll say, throw your breaking little ball a little more. Let's just let's, let's try different grips. They won't scrap the changeup. But so many pitchers, more pitchers throw sliders in pro baseball than they do curveballs. But every kid learns a curveball first. So where do all those curveballs go? They get scrapped because they're not very good. So the changeup is going to be with you the rest of your life. Throw it much, 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 much more than your curveball. Don't throw a curveball at all until you're late 14 or 15 and spend all that time getting to know your changeup, getting good with your changeup. It's going to be with you for forever. Then spend the time adding the breaking ball in. And once you've learned to throw a changeup for a strike, then you add a curveball in, you're just going to be dominant very, very quickly because now they can see fastball or they can see fastball, but it's a changeup. Or then they see this third pitch was a curveball. Rather than, I threw this curveball, now it's not very good anymore. Now let's try to mix in a changeup, but I don't know how to pitch with my fastball or my changeup or my curveball because I spent all this time wasted with a, just a junky curveball. Because when you throw a junky curveball, you don't have to rely on your location with your fastball as much. You don't obviously have to rely on your changeup. You're just relying on, I throw a strike and then I throw a curveball, and I throw a strike and I throw a curveball. You're not learning how to pitch. But when you're kind of have one hand behind your back only throwing fastballs for a while and then only throwing fastballs and change-ups then you give you that hand back and this is like my curveball now fast curve change location 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 that's how pitching gets easy so you want to remember that change-ups going to be with you the rest of your life no one's going to scrap it they're always going to work with you to make it better so get to know it find out what works tinker with it and uh and go with it so um I could probably keep talking for a long time, but I'm not. I'm just going to cut this one here because it's 38 minutes, and I think it's been relatively thorough. If there's something I didn't cover in this Change Up podcast, shoot me a comment, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on my website. Let me know, and I'll make a separate one, and we'll, we'll kind of cover some more in the future. But um, I, I'm passionate about the Change Up. I think it's a fantastic pitch. I, uh, I love seeing kids throw good Change Ups because they're so infrequent. They're so empowering. When you see that pitch going right for the middle of the plate and they take that swing and then they just whiff, it's baffling to the hitter and it's empowering as a pitcher. It's a really, it's a really cool pitch, fundamentally different than all the other ones. And I think when kids learn it and they stick by it and they trust the learning process, I think it can be really special what they can do with three pitches when they add that breaking ball into the mix at the high school age. So that's all I got. This was episode 51 of Dear Baseball Guys. Remember, if you want to sponsor the show, you can do that on my Patreon account. There's links in this uh, YouTube video and in the, the accompanying blog post. Uh, there's a lot of other ways you can interact with me. So leave me a comment, leave me a message. If you have an idea for the show, please let me know.